0: Good afternoon. I'm Gail Patrell Jones, and I want to welcome you all to today's Employer Advisory Session, laying the groundwork for change. It's the second in a series of conversations to address diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Before we begin, on behalf of the more than 2,000 employees of One Digital, I want you to know how much we really appreciate the time and energy you're investing with us today. These are demanding times for us all and we recognize that your time is really valuable. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues from the Mid-Atlantic region, Client Services Manager, Kim Wilson, Senior Benefits Consultant, Philip Saul, and our HR Consultants, Ugochi Dinea and Stacy Motley. The sequence of critical moments across the country has exposed the need for a renewed commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and leaders everywhere may be navigating and facilitating unfamiliar discussions within the workplace. Besides being the right thing for your people, your future, and your company culture, the business case for diversity in the workplace is now very compelling. For example, according to McKinsey & Company, a review of more than 1,000 companies, researchers discovered that executive teams ranking in the top 25% for racial and ethnic diversity were 33% more likely to reap financial returns above the national median for their industries. They also found that companies with more diverse top teams were also top financial performers. Additionally, did you know that according to a recent Glassdoor survey, Two-thirds of job applicants consider diversity be an important factor in deciding where they want to work. Further, a Harvard Business Journal study found that diverse teams can solve problems faster than teams with people who are cognitively similar. So diversity in the workplace has the capacity to foster innovation, creativity, and empathy in ways that workplaces without diversity simply cannot. The business case for diversity in the workplace is now overwhelming, besides being the right thing for your people, your future, and your company culture. Developing or adjusting a strategy to enact diversity, equity, and inclusion within your organization requires a more nuanced approach to create lasting change. Determining the next right action will look different for each company. We've been receiving many requests for diversity, equity, and inclusion training. In response, we've created a phased approach to partner with companies to look at their current culture and processes to determine what's in place, what's needed, and developing customized DEI plans. The luxury of deliberating on key decisions has diminished overnight but the impact of those decisions will be key to company survival. Bold action requires taking a holistic look at what drives your business with a focus on efficiency and managing human capital risk. How businesses and HR leaders continue building the foundations for change will directly impact the workforce and define organizational culture as a whole. And with that, let's get started. So I'm gonna ask the team, what are you hearing from clients as they address DEI within their organizations, and are you willing to share some situations that you've heard? Philip?
1: Uh, thanks, Gail. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's really a spectrum, right? Uh, some of our clients are very far along. Uh, this has been part of their culture. They're dealing with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion issues on a daily basis. Some are somewhere in between. And for some of them, it's a brand new conversation that's sort of been thrust Mm. on them in the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, I think about one conversation I had with uh, a human resources executive that I work with. Uh, I highly respect her. She's engaged with her team, uh, both the people there and on the executive level. And she was introducing the conversation at a recent uh, executive meeting and was not getting any traction, uh, you know, to the point where, you know, she had to sort of step out of the meeting and, and collect herself. Um, and fortunately, the executive team ultimately understood the need to have the discussion. But, you know, again, I think we have to be sensitive to the fact that the reaction from the various uh, employer groups is, is going to vary.
0: Right. I think that's a good point. And I, I, I'm glad to hear that she was able to gain, gain some traction after kind of collecting herself and going back. But what we're finding is a difference between commitment and engagement. You know, we're committed to doing things differently, but it's important for the leadership team to then engage in what does that look like? Kim, how about you? Any thoughts on um, your clients and what you're seeing?
2: Yes. <clears throat> so I'm hearing things in two different kind of categories. And one is clients are seeking help. They're reaching out for mm-hmm. help. You know, these are unchartered territory. This is unchartered territory and it's difficult to navigate, you know, cause we haven't had to navigate it before. Uh, the clients want to be genuine in their response. Mm. They don't want to just relay a response, you know, out of reaction to what's going on. They want to be thoughtful. And so they need help in understanding, how can I put thought into this? How can I make sure that, you know, this resonates in a genuine matter to my team and my organization? They don't want a quick fix. They want mm-hmm. lasting results. They're looking for um, longevity and want to continue these conversations. So they want to do it the right way. On the other hand, I'm finding <laughs> clients that are feeling like they've been doing this for a while and that they, you know, have the diversity Equity and inclusion conversations on a regular basis, and that they feel pretty rooted in this. And, um, you know, my thought is how can you now help other organizations or other team members that might not feel as comfortable, um, you know, with these discussions and these conversations? So, on one hand, clients are asking for help, and then there's another subset that are, we've been in this and, and we feel like we, we are pretty solid. And so my you know, question is, how can you now help others?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think it goes back to Philip's spectrum, right? Like some people have been doing this and are doing it well. And it's, you know, it would be great to be able to bring them on and, and have them share their learnings and what's working well and, and, you know, what have they found hasn't worked. And then there's others who are not really sure what I'm doing. Where do I go? And then there's people who are somewhere in the middle of that. So it's, it's, you know, we're not here to make anybody right or wrong. We're here to say, how can we help? So, Stacy, what are you hearing from your clients?
3: So my experience has been very similar. It's definitely varied. But what I'm hearing most frequently from clients is that they know they need to do something, but they're not sure what to do. Mm. Unfortunately, what they do sometimes is they try to figure it out for themselves without asking for any input from their employees. And so what I say to that is I know that it's uncomfortable to get that feedback, especially if you're afraid of what you might hear and you don't know what the right thing to say is, but sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to get to that comfortable place. You have to have those conversations no matter how hard they are. You can't skip that step and you definitely want to involve the employees who are directly impacted by what decisions are made next. And so, you know, before you bring in an expert to help you with that, my advice would be have a conversation with your employees, ask them about their experiences, and most importantly, listen to their responses. You will learn a lot.
0: Well, that's a great point about, you know, talking to the people in the company, right? Like a lot of times we hear, well, I think we should go do this. Um, And then when they when people institute a change or do something, and they're surprised when employees are not bought in, I think it goes exactly to what you were talking about, Stacy. Is that they haven't heard from the employees, like what's important to you, and how do we address what's important to you? So listening, and then I think the discomfort part, right? Like, and we always hear that um, growth comes in the discomfort, right? And so you know, it's a great opportunity to grow and figure out what it is that you want to do next. Exactly. Great. Yeah, thanks. How about you, Gerti? Yeah,
4: you know, our, the client leaders that um, I'm exposed to, as well as my HRC uh, colleagues are exposed to, they definitely want to support the well-being of their uh, employees around the traumatic events that have occurred in the past few months. Um, but I'm they're seeing various reactions um, where some leaders are just – pausing. And, mm. you know, in that pausing, they are reflecting and being thoughtful about the recent events and how to really address diversity, equity, and inclusion in your organization. So, some are pausing to be reflective. Some are afraid to make decisions, quite honestly, because mm. they don't know what to do or because they know that they need some guidance um, before making a decision. So, they really want to be able to make an informed decision, and also want help in, you know, creating a sustainable DEI initiative in their organization. And then you have some as an alternate to pausing are, that are just doing knee-jerk reactions. So they're, you know, bringing in a diversity expert immediately, um, without having any clear goals or strategies for addressing DEI in the organization. So. Um, it's really a challenge because they definitely want to be able to meet a need, uh, in terms of what their staff hear their staff out and at the same time want to think about it from a business perspective. Um so there's this dissonance that's going on um as to what to do, how to do it.
0: Oh, I love that term, dissonance, right? Like there's this space in between where people sometimes get stuck. Um yeah. a, and can't decide which way to go. And so what I'm hearing from you is sometimes they just go and then find out that they're not really sure what they're trying to accomplish. And other times right. they just stay in, in place. So I'm going to stay with you, Ugochi, and I'm going to talk to you about, like, we talked about meeting clients where they are, right? And what does that mean to you, meet, meet you where you are?
4: Well, I think you have to have an honest conversation um you know with your clients and they have to be willing to have an honest conversation um to determine you know what are they really aware of um what you know what do they know what do our customers know that we don't know, and at the same time you know what don't they know so this whole conscious competence um concept where, you know, if you're unconsciously com- incompetent, um, the client, you know, may not know, understand or know how to do something and doesn't necessarily recognize that there's some skill deficit along the way on how to manage diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. So um, they may deny that it's important that, mm. you know, diversity, equity, inclusion is important in the organization, um, but they have to recognize that, you know, that they don't know. Um, and value the fact that diversity, equity, equity, and inclusion has a strong business imperative uh, before moving on to any other stage that would be helpful. So within the context of, you know, conscious incompetence, um, they know that they don't really understand or know how to do, but they do recognize that I don't know how, to, I don't have the skill set to be able to mm. do this as well as, you um, you know, how to address it in a very competent way in my organization. So they recognize that they may make some mistakes along the way, um, but it's all part of their learning journey. So they're they're open to that idea. Um, you know, moving through that model as well, you know, when you get to that point where you're conscious, you have conscious competence around this, um, they understand that, you know, they have to do something or they know how to do something. Um, but they have to give focused effort and concentration to developing, say, initiatives or programming around diversity, equity, and inclusion, for example. So um, they start to break it down in steps and um, begin to get more engaged or involved in executing uh, what would be programs, products, services around diversity and equity and inclusion. And lastly, you know, unconscious competence. <clears throat> They've had some practice around this. They think it's second nature for them, um, and they can perform it quite easily, um, and they can continue to execute tasks around it, and they're willing to teach others, as well as depend on um, learning more or continue to build their skill set around the key issues around racial equity, unconscious bias, or all the other components that we have under the umbrella of DEI.
0: Yeah, I love that you're referring to it as a learning journey, right? Like, it's my sense a lot of think of people think of it as a diversity initiative. Like, there's a set period of time we're gonna tackle diversity. Check, it'll be done. And and thinking about it as a learning journey, where you're taking people from not knowing what they don't know to you know this place of being comfortable in the space. I think is really powerful. How does that resonate with you, Philip? Around you know this journey of conscious competence and you know, meeting people where they are?
1: Uh, Yeah, when I I think of meeting people where they are, sort of look at the fact that not only will different clients be at different points as far as a comfort level with having this conversation, but within employers and organizations, different groups may be at different points. Uh, You know, the executive team may be at one level of preparedness. And without the executive team engaged, you're really not going to get a lot of traction with this. Um, The HR team may be at a different level. And for the most part, the HR team are the folks that, you know, realize it's an important conversation to have, they're on board, and a lot of times, they're going to be the champion of these conversations. Uh, And then you have the reality of the demographics of the employee population. You know, if you have a diverse employee population, you're probably going to get more pressure to uh, look at these things on a more urgent basis. If you don't have a diverse population, some organizations may feel like, you know, it's not an issue they have to address. So, kind of meeting the customer or employer organization where they are, I think you have to be sensitive to the different groups within those organizations.
0: Yeah. So I think about as we look at this model too, um, you know, diff- you could plot different groups on the model. So, you know, the executives in the HR team may have moved through kind of, hey, we, we're recognizing we don't know what we don't know. You know, we're starting to move down here, but then there's other people who are all the way to the other side and saying, hey, you guys are way back here. What are, what are you doing? Right. And um, we've made some good points, too, about it's not an HR initiative. This, there's a business case to be had for having a diverse workforce. Um, Stacy, what are you thinking? Like, how does this resonate, meeting people where they are?
3: I'm definitely a big fan of meeting people where they are, and I love that we use that approach with our clients. I mean, I've had different experiences. It definitely varies, as we have said many times. So I've had clients say, look, we've already taken a few steps, but we also know that that's not enough. What else can we do? Mm -hmm. And so I say, we'll meet you there. We will build from there. I've also had clients say, we don't know even how to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Can you help us with that? And I say, sure, we can do that too. That's meeting the client where they are, whatever stage they are in this process, in this journey, this learning journey. We will start there and we will guide you through the
2: rest of it. Great.
0: Kim, any last thoughts, any additional thoughts on meeting people where they are?
2: No, you know, I think the, um, panel here has summed it up very greatly. It's just really listening to the client and and understanding where they really are in this journey and encouraging them to continue and not stop. Um, And, you know, as we hit different levels in the journey, you know, it doesn't mean levels go up, but levels on the pathway, you know, more questions may need to be asked. And it's just being open and honest and, and having that opportunity to do so. So.
0: Great. So as you're thinking about this, you know, and one of the things we've talked about is let us help you, let us help you and we'll bring in our human resource consulting team. And we're lucky enough to have two of our uh, human resource consultants on the call today. Love to hear from you all. Like what are one digital's human resource consulting capabilities in the DEI space? What, what, what are we offering?
3: Sure. So I can, Take the beginnings of that one um, so really just what we've been talking about we can help you wherever you need us to help you so we advise that you start with an internal conversation if you need our help with that we can start there if you feel like you can handle that part on your own that's great the next step though would be to now create an action plan. Now that's usually where we step in. We will help guide you through that process. We will help you to identify um, a DI expert as well. Um, but before that, we will really help you to assess where your company is currently. That's where the conversation begins and you cannot start the process without that critical step. Um, as we've mentioned before, there's definitely a business case for DEI. What we found through research, through experience, is that implicit bias can have a major impact on employment. So Mm -hmm. what that impacts is who you hire, it impacts who gets promotions, it impacts what salary people are being paid, and honestly, at the end of the day, it impacts who stays and who leaves, because if... You are not including your employees as well. And if you are having this implicit bias that you have not addressed, then employees are not going to want to stay there. Hiring is only the first step. You have to include your employees. You have to make sure that you are considering everyone at the organization at every level in order to make sure that you have the best employment environment. Mm.
0: Implicit bias. I think you bring up a good point that shows up in a lot of places that we, you know, don't even realize. Right. So, you know, are if you were to ask anyone, "Are you biased?" Most people would say, "No, I'm not." Um, and yet, seventy thousand bits of information are entering our brains at every minute, and and we filter and make decisions within seconds of meeting someone. So, we do have an internal bias based on how we were raised and all our beliefs and how we grown up. So it's interesting to think about that. What would you add a
4: Yeah, you know, what Stacey mentioned is that, you know, introductory component of what HRC can offer. Um, I, I just want to also say that this is a very fluid process um, with, you know, lots of things that we've shared today where we're meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. But I just also want to highlight um, some key elements that um, is part of our model for supporting our clients around diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, we mentioned the whole concept of commitment versus engagement, and so we want to make sure that we do get leadership commitment uh, and engagement, of course, but, you know, we've seen many leaders demonstrate their organizational commitment by, you know, posting statements in support of Uh, Black Lives Matter, racial equity, anti-racism, and et cetera. But what we come in to do is come alongside them and help them translate those public statements uh, into deliberate, practical actions within the organization. And that's absolutely critical. So we want to help them define what their organization-wide DEI vision is going to be, create some goals around it, and really build some really practical strategies to accomplish um, the vision. Uh, Part of that introductory state is that internal conversation or beginning the conversation. We want to continue those conversations through um, our facilitation expertise that we bring to the table. Uh, They may have started with meeting their employees' need in that moment and uh, creating a, a very compassionate discussion at the very beginnings. There are other conversations that need to continue, so we can facilitate that with for them. Um, the other thing that we bring to the table is con, you know, conducting an audit, uh, a DEI audit. And it's really asking some questions of the organization. You know, what programs, policies, procedures, um, and your current practices across the organization should we assess regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion? So, just making sure that we're covering our bases around the key system uh, policies and procedures that may have some levels of bias that they may not have been aware of. So we wanna look at that within an audit. Um, We wanna make sure that we do build a more diverse and inclusive community um, that reflects the values that they say they have and the aspirations that they have for the entire organization. Mm -hmm. So we wanna kind of bring all of that into alignment as well as, you know, your basic focus groups and online surveys that allow us to gather the views of the staff um, and do an inventory and review of, again, their policies to make sure that they are being uh, diverse and they're equitable and they're inclusive uh, throughout the organization. Um, you know, another thing we could do is a cultural assessment, which is, you know, really taking an opportunity to, to help organizations differentiate between what is their ideal culture and what the real culture is on the ground. So um, we would analyze, you know, their expectations, you know, what their current experiences are, what the philosophies are that are existing throughout the organization, how employees see those those particular elements um, and really what are the behaviors that are valued in the organization. So that's another key piece and, you know, throughout our our actual phased approach, you know, we are honest about the fact that we partner with DEI experts. We have our strong expertise within the HR um, functional area and are building around diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we would help you look for and vet uh, DEI experts um, that could support taking you to the next level or um, helping you to get clear on the actions that need to support that business imperative. for for their particular organization. And then ultimately, you know, making sure that they are building consistent, lasting uh, initiatives around diversity, equity, and inclusion so it doesn't feel like it's just a checkoff box or um, it's just uh, a flash given the momentum that's existing right now. So Mm -hmm. those are some key elements that we could um, support them on and are, are ready to do that as well as looking at Uh, talent, you know, looking, you know, usually besides diversity training, there's always the desire to go into the hiring practices and looking at how do we source? Are they sourcing from diverse um, recruitment or search firms? Um, Have they considered what career development looks like for their people internally that, um, you know, people of color have the opportunities to either get promoted or or enrich their current position? So those are just some highlights. (laughs) Of some of the things that we could actually provide um, from a human uh, resources consulting uh, portion of One Digital. Yeah,
0: and I think you bring up a really great point about it's about building the plan, it's de- defining yeah. what success looks like. Here's where we want to be, here's where we aspire to be, here's the gaps that we are recognizing that we have. So, HR Consulting partners in that planning phase, right? And being able to then partner with the organizations to ensure that we bring in the best diversity, equity, inclusion expert that aligns with the plan, right? Where they're headed and what they need, and then help them continue to move forward on this learning journey from unconscious incompetence to conscious competence, right? Or unconscious competence. So Mm -hmm. Philip and Kim, as you're listening to kind of those things um, that we talked about, that the Um, HRC team offers and this phased approach, like what actions can you or your customers take right now? And what do you recommend is the best next step um, for the folks on the call?
1: Um, I'll start, Kim. (laughs) Uh, I would say, first of all, you know, discussions around diversity, equity, and inclusion shouldn't be a separate thing. So, you know, start off with the company's mission statement and values and see uh, where this discussion fits in there. And and I'm hard pressed to, to think of an organization or employer where it doesn't fit in there somewhere. So make sure that aligns with your statement. And then from that point, figure out who's going to be your champion, who's going to take the lead to figure out what comes next. And, you know, maybe look at how this initiative can help your company or organization grow or expand or attract new employees or attract new clients and sort of use that to prioritize your next steps.
0: I love that. And it goes back to kind of setting the business case as well for it, right? If if it is part of your mission and your vision and your values, it's not a separate conversation. It's how do we make sure that everybody that's here feels included, right? And belongs, feels like they belong. and, and, And how do we continue to create that culture where people feel that way. I love that. Kim, what what about you?
2: So as I think about this, it, you know, I can't help to think about how it resonates with us internally within one digital and how, you know, the one digital team has really allowed opportunity for us to engage on the employee level, not just mm. on the leadership level, with integrating ERGs or the employee resource groups, um, and really being able to form these focus groups, these forums of free, expre- you know, expression and. Um, communication and conversation, uh, not just on the leadership level, but all the way down throughout the company. And so Mm -hmm. that resonates with me because these are things that we can then share with our clients. Hey, this is what we're doing internally. This is how we facilitate this internally Mm -hmm. and using our um, human resource consulting teams as facilitators of these conversations. So You know, all of this really resonates and I take it back to us internally. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost being an example, you know, to our clients for what we're doing. So we're not just giving you or encouraging you to utilize these tools and resources. We also internally are using them as well.
0: That's a great point. You know, we're looking at our hiring processes. Are they inclusive? You know, and when we bring people in, do they stay? Do they feel like they belong? How are we creating career paths? How are we, you know, the employee resource groups that Kim spoke about, you know, how are we making people feel like they have a place where they can connect with others um, and feel like they belong in this company? So really, really great points. So At this point in the session, we typically receive a lot of questions, and we've had our team answering them as quickly as possible. Um, We have noticed some trends in the questions, so um, I'm going to ask a question and leave it to the panel to jump in. But um, one of the questions we received is, how can I, as an employee, bring up the need for inclusivity in a firm with an executive team of exclusively white males?
1: Hello. Uh, I'll take a shot at that one. Um, you know, I would say I, I'd go in with the plan, first of all. And again, uh, we've said this a few times, uh, tied to a, a business case, uh, look at the organization's mission uh, and relay to the executive team how conversations around these issues can for the organization's mission you know, attract better talent, uh, open you up to a new uh, pool or increase your pool for, for clients and uh, how you can help the company grow and expand by making this initiative. And, you know, for the most part, executive teams, when you make it a, a business case, business initiative, they're going to be hard pressed not to at least entertain that conversation. So you know, that's where I would start.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good tracks back to meet them where they are, right? And speak to them in a language that they can hear, right? So a lot of times we go in thinking about what do we want to tell versus what do people need to hear from us? And I think you bring up a really valid point, Philip, about, you know, when we're talking to our executive team, a lot of times it makes sense to tie it back to a business case and and the business case for diversity and what we talked about you know, the statistics show that having diverse teams actually does result in financial success. So, you know, good point, good point. Um, All right, next question. Our company already offers diversity training. Um, I'm really not sure how One digital phased approach is going to help us at all. Stacey, any thoughts on that?
3: Sure, so doing a training is a great first step um, and if you've already done that, that's wonderful. I'd also say that we can help you in all of the other areas that we touched on. So we can help you with having further conversations with your employees. We can help facilitate the conversations. We can help you with any assessments, any audits. We can help you look at your hiring practices. DEI is, it covers a very, very wide spectrum of different initiatives. And so it's great to do a training and we can help you with anything else that you'd like to do, including nice. helping you with getting a DEI expert as well.
0: Yeah. So great that you've done the training, right? Good first step. And you know, we find that a lot of times that opens people's eyes to, hey, I hadn't thought about things this way, or I wasn't really even aware, back to the unconscious implicit bias conversation. And so you've opened the door. Where else might you want to look, is what I'm hearing you say. Exactly. All right. Last question. I'm lost. I don't know where to start. How do I approach this? What do you think, Ugochi? Oh, you're on you're on mute. There you go.
4: Yeah. Um I would say that you could start with um your human resources, if, you're, if you have a human resources team in the organization, and um, aligning with them around this, uh, as well as uh, ha- talking to them about the the concept of DEI as a business imperative. I mean, in terms of making sure that they um, are aware, and if not, you know, one of the things that One Digital can do is. Or, and, and what we value also is that we, we want to elevate that HR group, um, not just come in at times to replace. <laughs> so we want to kind of prepare that team um, for this journey of what DEI is going to look like. Uh, and so as, as there's this continuous evolution, we want to make sure that we come alongside of them and help to really you know strategize and help them execute and deliver around what is now going to be or become a change management effort across the organization, mm-hmm. not just an HR exercise. And I think wow. that that's a distinction we need to really uh, make with them, and you know, help them with the discussion so that um, the organization is prepared. And you know, and so we bring, you know, HRC has some unique solutions. We we know we come with facilitation. Um, as well as you know can do surveys and the like but again I go back to we want to make sure that we can help elevate the organization elevate HR to the next level around this really um, let's be honest difficult conversation so um, we do bring the strategy and planning we do have you know the access to creating you know doing needs assessments and um, providing a second level of HR presence uh, to make the argument for the business imperative and bring the the data that will support having those conversations still mentioned around with the executive level, um, executive leaders so that they understand this to be an org-wide issue and to look through this systemically. So HRC can come to, uh, I don't want to say come to the rescue, but I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <you> know, <laughs> but Helpful, <laughs> be helpful in the process to, to, to really identify where to start um, if, uh, if a uh, client is, is, is not sure. Yeah, I think you bring up
0: a good point, like a strategic thought partner, right? Like enab- helping you yes. to enable change in your organization, helping you move from commitment to fully engaged leadership, right? Like moving things forward. So it's not just a plan, but there's action, and then there's follow-up, and there's understanding of how did it land, and what do we need to do differently, and where do we need to go next, and, you know, what's the learning journey that we're on, and where are we at any point in time? So I think you bring up some great points, Agochi. So I'd like to say thank you um, for joining us today, to all of you, um, and I'd like to share a few thoughts as we wrap up. Clearly, this is not an overnight process. And it's a not-one-size-fits-all approach. We talked about meeting people where you are. And so some of you may already have your diversity, equity, inclusion plans in place. Some have just started the planning process. And some are in that place of, I don't know where to start. And anywhere you are is an okay place to be. As we've discussed, how you choose to develop your plan and how you look at the issues and concerns of your organization will help you shape your workplace and the culture. The most critical thing that we as leaders can do is push past our own comfort levels into that space of discomfort and growth and have the discussions and conversations that inform our organizational approach. It's critical to make sure that any resulting action reflects genuine commitment and engagement to helping with creating change and enabling change in the organization. Our strategic workforce consultants are here with expert advice and support to help you navigate through these challenging times, and we ask that you don't hesitate to reach out and learn more. You can see this employer advisory session and past sessions on our resource hub, located at onedigital.com, forward slash racial-equity forward slash. I'd ask you to stay safe, healthy, and connected with your family, friends, and coworkers. And we'll
2: see you next time. Thank you so much for investing your time with us today.